Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Market Disruptor Show. Today, I am sitting down with Jeff Booth. He has written a book called The Price of Tomorrow, and it's a very important book for today. It's a book that everybody's interested in because it talks about deflation. Everybody wants to know about inflation, deflation. So anyway, Jeff, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks a lot for having me, Mark. All right, Jeff. So um, like I said, you know, I I know about your book. I've been following you, listening to your interviews. Uh, A lot of people maybe don't know. So why don't you give us a quick background on kind of like who you are and uh, what led you to this book? Um, I'm a technology entrepreneur. First and foremost, started a number of companies, uh, one that grew to over half a billion dollars in market cap um, and and boards and and, uh, many technology companies and founder of a number of different technology companies. And I think, and, and I would say, I have a front seat of where technology is going because of, because I'm involved in so many technology companies um, and, and, and I'm a reluctant author. I didn't want to write the book. Um, okay. The, I wrote the book because, because I looked at where society was going because of this, where, where technology was going, not where we're technology going. The uh, government's trying to stop where technology was going. And I looked at the impact of society and I looked at my kids and I said, what type of world will they grow up in? And nobody was talking about kind of this problem. And and I was, I was super frustrated. So that's actually why I wrote the book. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's such an important uh, conversation and it's, and it's pretty deep one that has a lot of different uh, facets and areas to it. But um, if we talk about kind of the tech, I want to talk about deflation overall, but we'll start with kind of the tech disruption of that deflation. Um, I know, and probably a lot of people know, like, uh, when the presidential kind of cycle was just getting started, we had a candidate, Andrew Yang, and he was this tech entrepreneur and he was telling the whole world that tech was going to take everybody's jobs. AI was going to take everybody's jobs. And so because of that, the government needed to start paying everybody to not work. And I guess you see the exact opposite of that. So what what do you think about that? In in, in part of Andrew's platform, the part where technology, how fast technology is moving and it is going to take jobs. He's completely right, right? That's how, um, uh, it, that is what's coming and, and it's been coming for some time. If you, if you just think, what is the point of technology? Right? It's to free our time, right? No CEO, uh, no, uh, no, no company I work with gets up every morning and says, I have an idea for a great technology company. I'm going to make it more expensive for people, right? If the point is you're using technology to recreate industries and make them more efficient, Right. And, that, and, and the byproduct of that takes jobs away. And the byproduct of that is deflationary. So, so the, the byproduct of that reduces prices. Okay. Now, um, that's, a, that's a super interesting point because, I mean, I've, I've studied like the technological revolutions. There's been like five, the last 250 years, like the first one, really like the industrial revolution, right? And so um, they created equipment to help get things done faster in yeah. larger quantities, right? Whether that's uh, equipment for the field to help people get field work done faster, <laughs> whether that was assembly lines to get cars done faster, uh, whether it was telephones to get communication done faster, but everything, as you're, as you're saying, everything is made to make work less. Our, yeah. our less right? and, and let's stay on that point for a second, because there, there's an argument, you could make an argument that, where we are in technology today, like the industrial revolution, 
the tech, the, the what, what will happen is you'll automate a whole bunch of things and then you'll create a whole bunch of new industries that will replace more jobs than they destroyed and create a greater destruction. There's a, there, you would have to, if you're going to accept my thesis, you would have to debate that topic, right? Is there a possibility that this could create more jobs in the future where we are in technology? And that's where I think a lot of people look back to history and say, it's worked before, right? You've gone through these periods and those periods were always really tough. They always ended kind of in wars, right? Because you, um, because a whole bunch of people were being left out, right? Governments inflated against that and you had revolutions and uh, that, that turned into wars. So forget the getting through that part. Let's just argue, let's just debate that topic. Could there be more jobs in the future? And I don't think anybody that's working in technology believes that could be true today. Oh, really? That's right. interesting. Because, because, because when, and, and if, if, that, if you find somebody, I'm happy to debate them on your show. Because if you know how fast, if you know what's happening in artificial intelligence, and artificial intelligence is replacing labor at a rate we've never seen before. At first, artificial intelligence needs a bunch of PhD researchers who are creating the algorithms. But then the algorithms see things we don't see, right? And they move faster and faster. So the byproduct of what's happening here is, well, when I first started my first company, it took me about $5 million in capital to create version one of our website and transportation system. That same, that same website transportation system is available to shop on Shopify today, actually way better for $50 a month. Yeah. Right. And, and so, so, so you're building on a stack that is moving so fast, little pieces of technology that are woven together that, that cost almost nothing um, for entrepreneurs to move. And, 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 and why, why do you think everything on your phone is free? Right. right. We celebrate deflation and all of the monopolies we've created. Right. And, and the, as consumers, if you look at Apple, if you look at um, it, and, and all those apps competing for your attention, have entrepreneurs on the other side competing for your attention and they drive the price down to free. You don't, you don't pay for your flashlight app. You don't pay for your guitar tuner. You don't pay for a million of your camera right. anymore. You don't pay for anything. Um, and that's the point. It just drives uh, abundance just to humanity. Yeah. At, at, and price prices coming down. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, th I think people know that kind of inherently, but they haven't really thought through this. So, I mean, uh, when I was a kid, we had the Jetsons cartoon, right? And like, they had like robots that were the maids and they were doing their housekeeping and everybody thought, oh my gosh, when I grow up, I'm going to have a robot and they're going to do all my work for me. Yeah. Like, didn't we all want that? <laughs> but, but, but now we're threatened by it somehow, right? I guess is what you're saying. Well, we're threatened by it because we created a system that requires growth and inflation, right? It's, and we, we got lulled into um, a belief that that was the way the world worked. And like a fundamental law of nature that you need inflation. Right. right? And, and we were taught it in economics in school. We were taught it in, and, and so what is inflation? Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's save, let's save that for a little bit because I think that is the big thing that the discussion's about, right? It's like, don't we want deflation, but we have a system that needs inflation. And Sorry. so the problem is what our wants are versus what we have don't fit. But before we jump into that, 
Um, just sticking back on the deflation thing for a minute. Uh, and I guess just generally, so we could kind of frame this for everybody. When we're talking about deflation, what, what are you kind of talking about generally? Um, so, so people deflation. may think like deflation, like the economy crashes, people might think deflation prices go down. What, when we're talking about, uh, technology and this deflation, what, what do you, what do you, how do you frame that? So, so simply deflation is when your money is worth more all the time, right? So the value of your currency rises in relation to goods and services, goods right. and services go down your value of your, in relation. So, so your purchasing power goes up. Right. Yeah. And, and if you ask any single person that question, would they want that? They would say, wow, that's excellent. Right. That's what you're selling. That's what you want. Cause it frees your time. Yeah. Right? All of your time you, you, it, as your purchasing power goes up, your time, you get an impact on your time. That seems like a pretty good thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In it, as we roll that up into economy, we say, well, that's a bad thing because it just, because, um, and, and the truth of it, it is a bad thing to the existing economy we've built because the existing economy we've built requires inflation. And it's, it's almost a Ponzi scheme of credit. Yeah. Um, it can't be paid back. And if you allow deflation to happen, the debt has to be reset and there, and it becomes, uh, it becomes a depression. I think, um, so I want, so we'll talk about the deflation. We'll talk about the competing systems. And then I want to get into why maybe there's people, um, that resist against that because, um, it's not just the system that's resisting against it. It's also people. Uh, but before we jump into that, so back in the deflation, I mean, I think you framed that perfectly. And I, I've actually said that many times when people ask, well, don't we need inflation? And I say, let me ask you a question. Would you rather your money buy more goods and services in the future or less? Right. <laughs> of course, everybody wants more. I mean, it's like, it's like the most rhetorical question ever. Um, so we want that. And that sounds good. Um, but the thought of, of putting people out of work, that sounds bad, but don't we want, don't we create the technology so we can work less. And I think, it, I think if you kind of understand um, how, you know, the system works, how from bartering to money exchange, um, it was about specialization. And if I can specialize in growing food and you can specialize in raising animals, then, then you save me time. I save you time and we trade. Yep. Like it starts at the most basic level and we're only growing past that. Um, and that makes sense. Um, but you, so I guess let's dive into the system now a little bit. So the system is set up inflationary, which means we're kind of like on this treadmill. We have to kind of keep always moving forward. But I guess maybe what you're saying is that if technology, if, if we allowed technology to be deflationary, um, we could theoretically be working less and achieving the same thing if we didn't have this inflationary system. Is that we have, we have a massive, we have a massive ability to free our time. Right. And, 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 and let's just forget what I want, forget what you want. Let's just look at the facts, right? Forget what the central banks want, right? It, the facts, sometimes there's a structural change in business. You see, you, you've been an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur yep. in business. Creative destruction happens and, and it happens because it typically the incumbent can't see the structural change. Right. right. And they can't move their business fast enough. They even, even sometimes in case of Kodak, they invented the digital camera. Yeah. And twice Steve Sasson tried to get it to, to, to get Kodak executives to understand the power of the digital camera and how it would replace their business. But they sold, they sold film. Right. right? And they couldn't see their way uh, through to what, what Kodak could become. And you, you go back to that abundance thing I was talking about. 
Yeah. We use, we use way more photos today. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of new businesses that are created around photos like Facebook, Google, just the the amount of new uh, businesses that are around photos. And we use an abundance of them. Instagram, they're, um, they're free. Yeah. Right. They're, com- they're, they're completely free. So we used to have to spend a bunch of money to take photos. I remember uh, buying a roll of film, taking it, paying to get a process. And you had to be very selective. You had what, 24 shots or whatever. Right. Yeah. And today now I can just take as many as I want for free. And, and pick the best one and then and, and delete the rest. So that saves me a bunch of money that I don't have to go make now. Exactly. And, and so, so in that, in that example, you'll see the same thing. So, now roll that up instead of a business example, roll that up to an entire system that we all live in, right? And you have a system that's always required inflation. And we were taught that it's required. In fact, it was designed to, to require inflation. Yeah. And, and in that system, if you, if, you, if you leverage with debt and pay the debt back later with cheaper money because it's, you've destroyed the value of the currency, you're a winner. Right. right? And so if you keep that run, that means asset prices keep rising and you, if you can leverage that and um, you're a winner. So on that side, you're a winner. Now that system competing against a deflationary, the, the rate of technology is driving deflation. Continuing to do that deflate to that system is essentially pushing on a string. You're creating your, your massive debt creation, massive monetization. And if all the asset winners or also, also uh, all the asset owners, you, me, a whole bunch of billionaires and everything. They have, they have all the houses, most of the 80% of the stocks and everything else. And if you do that, they, you enrich in them at a crazy rate. Yes. Assets go straight up. And, and all the people who don't have assets because you're destroying the value of currency okay, and your currency value is going down, you're picking their pocket to give them the money. Yep. And so you get social disruption, yeah. right? And, and, and what I would go, uh, say is it doesn't matter um, ultimately what we want um, because what we want isn't based on first principles. It matters what physics or what, what, where the trend is taking us and deflation is where the trend is taking us. And so we have a couple of choices we could make to, to do that. Andrew Yang's, who you mentioned choice, is this in a nutshell. We're going to keep on pushing asset prices up. Assist, the system requires inflation, and we're going to do everything we can to keep asset prices high. And then the very, because we did that, the very same people that we killed because we did this, right? We kept rents high we could, because we let, didn't let the system have a free market. The very system, those people are going to come to government. We're going to make government bigger to give them money to pay for the prices of uh, uh, the assets we artificially created high. It's just illogical. Right. Um, and capitalism doesn't work that way. Right. So in, um, and, and so you have all roads, UBI and everything. I, just, I totally understand why people want UBI because the system is, doesn't work right now. So you're going to, uh, you're going to, but, but it won't, that won't, that's not the fix. Right. That, that is not the fix. Yeah. So, um, you have the system that creates inflation. So we talk about the fed basically printing money, um, which is now pushing up asset prices. Um, and then, so you're punishing the people, or I shouldn't say punishing, you're rewarding the people who have the assets, but then you're taking some of their profits to then redistribute back down to the people. Um, 
Which so in other words, in, in other words, the government is the entire economy. The government is the it entire looks, economy. It, it's communism. Yeah. Right? It's, it's socialism to communism. And we know how managed markets work. We know how managed societies work. Right. Well, you and I, you and I do. Yeah. You're ro- you're robbing the entrepreneurial process of creative destruction and, and, and you have subpar, subpar gains to your economy. So, so you have to trust in benevolent, benevolent leaders. Yeah. Right? And, and, and once you grab power, whether your generation is benevolent or the next one is once you, that doesn't work. Right. Yeah. History shows us over and over that that path is just a, just a path to thugs controlling everything. Yeah. So you mentioned something called creative destruction and something that I've talked about a bunch of times. And so basically that means that um, the new way kills the old way. So I've created a new system that gets rid of an old system. Email was created and it killed the U S postal service or whatever it is, something like that. Um, and, and then you also mentioned capitalism or like a free market. And so in a free market, we would typically see creative destruction. And as you said, Kodak is too big. So a small Instagram comes up and puts them out. Um, but I think maybe also as the, as the government gets bigger, the market is less and less free. I don't, I don't see it as a light switch. It's not like we're free. We're not free, right? It's like degrees of less free. And as we become less free, the corporations use government to entrench their positions and slow, if not stop, uh, creative destruction. Do you see yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, but, but again, that's a feature of the system, not a bug. So, so, so today, let's, let's, a lot of times in in this type of political, everything gets politicized, right? And you people take sides, and they can't see anything. So, right. let's just imagine you're a CEO of an airline, right? And and you made made a bunch of money this year. And the government has a policy of negative interest rates or near zero interest rates. And they effectively are saying, if you hold cash on your balance sheet, we're going to penalize you through inflation because it's going to be worth next less next year. It's going to be right. worth less the next year. So we're going to hurt you if you hold cash on your balance sheet. So what would you do as a CEO? Probably buy back your stock, right? Right. You're going to try to get a return on that money. Because the government is implying that I'm, we're not going to give you a return by, by saving for a rainy day, right? So now when you have an event where you need, all of these people are going to be unemployed, right? Your airline is going to go broke and everything else. What do you do? You go back to the government and, they, and, and instead of letting you fail, they inject a bunch of money to continue the whole, the whole game. Yeah. That game is in housing. It's in, in everything. So the, the government has prevented a free market society. Yeah. And it's, or, or it's kind of like, um, g- going back to uh, being kids, like watching star Trek and they could like, uh, they could beam themselves to another place or whatever. Right. So imagine like if an airline came across some technology where you could just beam yourself, you didn't have to go on an airplane and people would be able to do this for really, really cheap. And the airline CEO is like, Oh my gosh, that could put us out of business. That could eat away all our profits. And there's really no way to monetize it. Cause it's so cheap. So let's just use the government to say that that's unsafe. We'll create policies to say that that type of travel is banned <laughs> and we'll continue to force people to go on an airplane. And maybe that's uh, kind of how it is. You're, um, it is just, I, I'm, I'm laughing because yesterday I saw a product demo from a, a I, I, I can't say what it is or I can't say who it is and everything else, but from a friend of mine to a, a, a technology leader, a CEO of a different technology company and that product demo had something that I would say feels like a tele- teleporter. Oh, really? What Zoom is today 
think about uh, think about an actual experience that feels totally different and it's native to uh, native to a screen. It's, it, so what's coming? Is what's not widely distributed yet, but is available with technology it would blow people's minds. Wow. That's incredible. So <laughs> we did, we didn't plan that. Um, and we've even seen it. So like, um, obviously if, if anybody's watching this channel, they know I'm a big proponent of, of Bitcoin. Um, I pound the table on that all the time to fight against what the fed is doing. Um, and what we've even seen, um, from, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, uh, Christine Lagarde, uh, from the ECB, she came out and said that we, I forget the exact quote, but basically she said that we need to stop this, um, technology because it's going to disrupt the entire financial system. But yes, isn't that the point? So they're purposely, she's even saying it, they're purposely going to try to shut down technology, I guess. So, so the, the, um, yes. And that's where like you, all of these roads, again, if you come back to first principles, we are going to get deflation. The only question is um, when, Right. Yeah. So, 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 so right now I would say we have a deflationary environment and the only thing stopping that is massive liquidity injections. Yeah. Most of that liquidity injection is going straight into asset prices, Bitcoin, gold, um, housing, everything else. Yep. So it's driving those up and the people in those are thinking they're going to go up forever. Yep. Right. And, and so, so if we slow other, you can see what's happening in the stock market right now. It's bouncing around and it's, it, you see a whole bunch more volatility in the U.S. right now in the, in the stock market. That's because there's no new stimulus. If, if technology is creating deflation at this rate, then the debt creation has to, the, the amount of stimulus, um, and it's exponential, right? More and more technology is creating that, uh, that deflation. Then it needs to be exponential monetary easing on the other side. Any, any stop in that exponential monetary easing or printing of money, the whole thing collapses in it. In in the unwind would be so crazy from where we are. Stock prices would lose 80% of their value. Housing value. If you think over the last 20 years to stop deflation, $185 trillion of debt was created. Yeah. Globally. And, and so, so you had... $250 trillion of debt running an $80 trillion global economy. And that was before COVID. Right. And, and so that, and 185 trillion of that debt came in the last 20 years. Right. Against that, that path. Yeah. And so when I wrote the book, I predicted what would happen next. Right. And, and all of these things, any blip in growth, because, because the inflation requires you after you have to keep growing. And to do that, you're just piling more and more. So $4 of, Four dollars of debt creation for one dollar of growth. That debt, that debt, if you run kind of the, what the Fed is doing today, and you assume that debt has to be paid back, right? Then, then it's more disinflationary, right? Right, because it, it's not going into useful uh, things. It's going into asset prices. It's going into, and it has to be paid back tomorrow. So taxes are going to go way up, right? And so you pull demand from the future, and that's where we're trapped right now. It's yeah. such a big problem. And if you let it unwind, you have a depression, a global depression. And if you, keep do it, if you keep doing it, you have outbreak of currency collapse, wars, everything else. Like it's just, it, it, it's, it's really ugly on both sides. Yeah. 
So we have, I, I see kind of two problems. One, the technology, as you say, is, is uh, causing deflation. It's causing things to go down. Um, there's charts. I'm sure you've seen them. I've seen them. I, 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 I wish I had them handy. I could put them up on the screen, but uh, basically it shows like different asset prices and you can see, you know, a technology TVs, telephones, et cetera, all going down, but anything that the government controls, healthcare, education have gone up. And so you have like this, this like almost like V shape where like technology is going down and, and government stuff is going up. So you have the technology pushing prices down, as you say, causing deflation. But back to what you said about the debt, I think there's even a bigger problem because the, the more, the bigger that balloon gets, the harder it gets to reinflate that balloon. And what happens is in order to print a trillion dollars, you have to go through, you know, government and Congress and all these things to get the trillion dollars printed, but a trillion dollars can disappear like that. Someone just up. Oh, I default, I'm bankrupt, and like it's just gone. It's gone. The and so it's way easier to get rid of it than to inflate it back up. And and, and let's let's stay with kind of that for for a second. And 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 again, go back to first principles and ask questions because everybody thinks, oh no, real estate always goes up. Right. right. Ask yourself this: without 185 trillion dollars of new money over the last 20 years, what would real, real estate prices be? Well, when you adjust for inflation, you see a whole different picture. You see, so so it, if you adjust for the cause of those real estate prices going up, you can see the um, you can uh, you can see what's happening. So we and and then the next question has to be: Can you keep doing that? Right? right. Can you keep doing that at that scale? And if you can't, then what it will what will it look like? Because you're right. Once those defaults happen. It's just unwinds really fast. Now, I suspect that the governments are not going to let on their watch right now. All over the world, they're not going to let that happen. So what choice do they have? So today, the Fed rules prohibit kind of helicopter money, MMT, everything else. So you, you be, it has to go to the banks and it kind of trickles down at the top level. And, 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 and the, a whole bunch of the population who, because housing prices are risen, I'll, I'll give you an example, sorry, before. Um, that my, my lake house that I'm currently in, seven years ago, I tore down a small house that w- uh, w- was here. Seven years ago, that house um, rented in the off season for $600 a month, and it was hard to get renters for $600 a month. Down the block, there's another cabin that looks exactly like that, that, is now rents for $1,500 a month, seven years later. Yeah. So, so what that means and, and house prices have have gone crazy and everything else, but what that means to, to, if your wages haven't gone up by double, more than double, you've lost lost purchasing power. And there's a whole bunch of people that don't have assets that are in that, that are in that camp. And so it's pretty logical that they would come and say, what's going on? and vote for people who will say, I will give you money. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, what you just said there, like purchasing power. And I think if, if people could look more in terms of purchasing power, as opposed to an asset priced in their, in their fiat currency. So, you know, in America, we're looking at all priced in us dollars in Canada, maybe us dollars or Canadian dollars or whatever. But when you only look at it in that fiat currency that's being uh, inflated, you think, Oh, my house went up and I, I, I made money um, or whatever. But when you look at it in purchasing power, uh, which we started out with saying, do you want to buy more or less in the future? You see a whole, a whole a totally different picture. So, so all inflation is, is it's a hidden tax. Yeah. Right? 
So, so if governments to, to carry on the services governments have without inflation, they would have to charge you the real taxes. Right. And you would, you would say government's too big. It needs to be smaller because you wouldn't put up with that, that, that type of tax rate. Yeah. Right. And so they hide uh, a, a hidden tax in, in inflation. Yeah. So, but the, the problem with the, that hidden tax is it's on society's most unable to pay. Yeah. Right. And so, so the, but when you think about this, how crazy is it that the cure that the society is racing, and especially the people left out are racing to socialism as a cure for, for the same thing that created it. Like you're, so governments are creating asset price inflation. They're creating um, all of the prices to go up and then they need more money that they don't have to give people a bunch of money to pay for the, to pay for the same prices that were artificially inflated in the first place. Right. So to me, it's madness. And I don't see how people could want to vote for more of the problem that caused it in the first place, but they obviously are. Why do you think that is? Because, because they, they haven't gone, they haven't, they're not as deep in this as you are, right? They're not as, that's, that's one of the things where, where it, what we're talking about right now in deflation, it goes against every natural fiber of our being because we were taught something different. Well, it goes against not, it, go, it doesn't go against our natural bit being, it goes against our education. Our education, right? And instead of, and, and a lot of times you build foundations of knowledge, and everything else is built on top of that and everything else. And you don't question your foundations of knowledge very often. Right. Yeah. And so if you're not intellectually curious enough to say, is this true? Right. Then, then you'll just believe uh, it's easier to believe somebody like Andrew Yang or something saying there are the problem we need to give you money. Right. It's just easier because it matches your picture. Sure. Of, like, instead of questioning, should we have inflation? Should we not have inflation? Which is a hard thing to go, to go down for most people. It's easy to build on top of a narrative that people already understand. Right. It's actually the same thing that creates such an opportunity to entrepreneurs to question, why are they doing it that way? Right. That's, it's exactly the same thing that creates creative destruction because somebody, an entrepreneur looks at the world and says, that makes no sense anymore. Yeah. Why am I carrying this thing? Why don't I just put it in a wheelbarrow? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, that's a great point. And, uh, it's one that I do just want to just drive home because I, I believe, uh, in our natural being, I believe that we're all driven towards deflation. We're all looking for an easier way to do things from the beginning of time. Hey, a division of labor. Hey, you do this. I'll do this. Let's work together. Right? Like, Hey, let me put it in a wheelbarrow. Like I said, so I think naturally we all gravitate towards free trade, free market and deflationary things, <clears throat> but it's the education system that has continued to push this narrative indoctrination. If you want to call it that, I guess because their system de demands, it depends on it. And, and I, I would say most of those people, even at the top that you're saying when you, it's easy to say that group of people at the top, most of those people, haven't asked the, this question, right? A very senior economist who is in this circle, right? And, and everything else, whose friends are all of the people that monetization, everything else read my book, called me and, and said, 
how do you see how how did you see something that the entire world miss, misses, including is I question everything in, that I teach in in economics. Yeah. Question the and how did you see, how did you see it? But that's the thing; it's natural, right, for somebody outside the system to right. be able to uh, to uh, to question it because you're you're not you haven't been indoctrinated inside something that you, so you're asking a, you're asking a deeper question, looking for the true answer instead of looking to build on top of that foundation of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I want to talk about, as you said, the unwind and it not being smooth and it not being good. I want to talk about how you see this kind of playing out. But before we do, I just want to um, say uh, one other thing is that, um, you know, we talk about, uh, I think people have been indoctrinated and they've been just trained to just kind of look at it one way. And then Andrew Yang says, I'm going to give you a thousand bucks a month. And everyone says, yes, sign me up. I'll take the thousand bucks a month. I don't believe in that, but I mean, if we're going to pass it out, I guess send some to me as well. Right. But, um, it seems that today, um, you also mentioned abundance. People don't have this abundance mindset. People have the scarcity mindset. And so, um, it seems that with this deflation, um, jobs get lost. I can't pick cotton anymore because now a machine does it. Um, and so what it, what it requires, and yes, there will be more jobs created. And you said there was a debate about that, but it requires me or that person to go learn new skills. And I have to do something different. I have to try harder. And it's so much easier if I just stay home and watch TV and they just give me a thousand bucks. And it seems that we've had this massive shift where we have a large percentage of the population now that doesn't want to learn new skills or figure out how to offer their goods and service to the economy. They want to just be taken care of. I mean, do you see that as like a big pushback to this whole system? Isn't that an irony that we're talking about this in the United States, which went through you and I growing up Russia and the United States. I know. And it's unbelievable. And it's unbelievable that, that essentially the United States wants to be Russia. Right. When, when, when you have, when, when you know what history looks like there and, and a state can't manage as effective, there's only two ways to manage that many people globally. Right. Free markets, which, uh, or, or, or control. Iron or essentially, or the biggest thug, yeah, right, and and only two ways, um, and so neither is perfect, right? But so uh, one thing about capitalism is it does. Uh, if you just go kind of on the very ends, right, capitalism probably requires some sort of checks and balances, so uh, to stop it from running away. Those checks and balances on the other side is where UBI and socialism go to, right? That looks like communism and it robs from capitalism. And, and because nobody's asking where does that mean? If you're, if you're ruining the innovative potential of the free market by, by saying everything goes to government, how, can government outcompete the free market, right? And if they can't, your, your economy dies. And where does the money come from? The, the people, the, the government is saying, well, I'm going to give you this money. Um, so, so that's, that's a piece that it's unbelievable that they, that the U S for so long and they know what it looks like, right? Because we've already played this game around the world. Yeah. <laughs> right? 
Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm I'm uh, I'm 45, so I grew up uh, kind of seeing that Cold War play out. I saw you know East West Berlin play out. We've seen obviously South Korea, North Korea play out, um, and so yeah, for me to see people wanting that, I just I can't believe it. I I, I remember people coming in Cuba, trying to get to Florida and dying, you know, I'm like shark infested waters. I can't believe it. Um, so can I, can I jump in there for one second though? Yeah. And this is, this is actually, um, this is actually one of those salient points. If you, you and I grew up in that world, we saw it, we saw that, but a lot of people that are wanting UBI didn't. They haven't, they haven't read history, what it looks like. They haven't, they haven't studied economics. They don't look, know what free markets look like. And the truth is they don't live in a free market. Right. You have manipulated crony capitalism that's hurting them. Right. And so in, in an environment where you don't have a free market, it's a free market for the rich, right? And, 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 and so it's, it's a managed market for where you're stimulating, government stimulating. A natural cause is for those people to say, there has to be a better way. Right. And so somebody, when somebody waves a magic wand and saying, Hey, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you a better way that fits with your knowledge. Yep. You'll take it and you'll believe it all day long. Like how, how many people believe that simple solution, which is not a solution at all. Yeah. And in chaos is, uh, it's staggering. And, 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 and I just continue to, to say over and over, it's just a complete failure of the education system. You know, just a complete failure. You know, when, when you're a business owner, uh, biz, you know, a founder and et cetera, uh, you solve problems, right? That's what business owners do. And, uh, and what we typically do is we look for examples of what's working and what's not working. And then we do more of what works and less of what doesn't work. And so uh, we'd call that like, look, so instead of just looking at a problem and how can we solve the problem? How can we solve the problem? You would look for a bright spot. Where is it working somewhere else? And so when you look and see, whatever, I don't know, two thirds of the world lives in extreme poverty and one or two nations have been able to lift people out of poverty and become inventors and creators. You would just look at that. Well, why, why did they become in creators and why are these stuck in third world countries? And you would just look at the systems. It just seems so obvious, but again, I guess the education system just blinds people to that. Yeah. Or, or, or when people can't pay their rent and feed their families, they look for easy narratives. Look, look at what happened in the Weimar Republic that was the rise of Hitler. Right. right. Um, it's, it's natural. It's a total natural phenomenon that people are looking for an answer that fits with their narrative. And so that's, um, I, I, again, these, these systems are giant systems that have feedback loops and cause unintended consequences. And people aren't driving into the unintended consequences on either side of the aisle. Right. right? So, 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 on on in um, in your economy in a two party system, right? Um, it, it, uh, you have two sides yelling at each other, screaming, and and camps developing on both sides of that, both unaware that they're sitting on top of a system that there's nothing they can do to keep it going. Right. One side says we're going we're going to keep a free market, and it's not a free market, right? And the other side says we're going to give you money. Right. And not, and create more, more socialism. So there, there, you have socialism for the rich on one side, socialism for the poor on, on the other. And, uh, and both unaware that there's been a structural change to, to how economies need to run. 
Yeah. And they're they're preventing that structural change from happening and causing all of the things, all of the divide of society that they don't want. Yeah. And, and it really comes down to just that education, which is why you write that book, the price of tomorrow, which I recommend everyone go get. It's why I uh, do my YouTube videos as well. Um, I want to talk about uh, how this plays out then. And, and, uh, as you said, like the great unwind, uh, you know, I was just thinking though, before, as you were talking, uh, one, one way that I look at it, and I think people could maybe kind of put this into relation is that like, um, a free market, as you kind of said, it's, it's not always nice. I could spend a lot of time and effort and money to build a product and take it to the market and the market may not want it. Yeah. That's not nice, but it is what it is. Um, I look at it like, uh, imagine way, like, a, by, so Stan, it's that competition with that entrepreneurs do that kind of yield asymmetric bets, right? If you're right, that is the core of innovation. Yep. Right. It's that risk return profile that, that having to invent something that really works for other people and, and having everything on the line that is the core of innovation without that, without that innovation stops. And it's a matter of only going to the market with what people want, what solves their needs and problems. So people think business owners are greedy. Well, a business owner only succeeds by solving needs and problems of others, not themselves <laughs> of others. And if, if, if it's not solving enough needs and problems, it doesn't succeed. I need to go back. It, it dies. Exactly. Yeah. But I was just thinking about like uh, nature. Uh, again, these are natural laws, right? So like in nature, you imagine like an animal, a lion, right? If you will. And, uh, or whatever, whatever kind of animal and uh, in nature, it's not nice. They may not have food for a few days. They might get eaten. They may not have a place, but, but they're free to live their life. We could just put that animal in a cage at the zoo, make sure they're safe from, um, from predators, give them one meal a day and now they're safe and they have a meal, but they live in a cage. Yeah. That's, right? that's actually a really good. I think that's a really good analogy because when, when you, when you say free markets or managed economy, that's what you're saying. You live in a cage under somebody else's control yep. or you live in a free market, both sides, which one's worse. Right. So, so both, both sides have, have pros and cons and there's just more pros in a free market. Well, the problem is, and, and, uh, you know, most of the world probably wants now to release all the animals in the zoos and whatnot. Right. And so I think if you put it in those terms, but the problem is, is that, um, you don't want to take a wild animal and put it into a cage, an animal that's been free and then put into a cage, but you also can't take animals that have been raised in cages and put them back into the wild. So that's kind of where we at. Because what what ends up happening is, and that's actually, that's why that analogy is probably useful because if, if you have a managed society in a cage, you lose comp, you, you lose competitive edge. You for you, that's, that's where you're taking the money from to put into the managed economy and there is no competition anymore. Yeah. So, so you lose that competitive edge. You don't have to be a competitive economy. That's what Russia did. Yeah. And they just can't, they can't go back to the wild again. They, they, so, so that leads me to the point of the great unwind. I know we got to wrap this up, so we'll, we'll finish on that. But so how do you see this playing out? I mean, technology wins. You said it could be very disruptive. I mean, is there an easy way to transition out of the system that we have into this new system? Or when I wrote, is, when I wrote the book, I was hopeful. Yes. Um, okay. And remember the book came out just before. Uh, so <laughs> it predicts all these events and what happens next. Right. Um, it, but, 
and it, and, and it came out January and January and then COVID hit and COVID was a great accelerator of the trends I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. So, so in response, what my hope was is that you could have policy discussions that would manage the uh, unwind, right. In a slow way and, and allow that to, to happen and save currencies since COVID accelerated technology, right? So, you know, what's happening online, the rate of growth online and technology, all the technology companies are actually winners in this, right? right? They're all hitting records in, um, in this. Well, there's all this unemployment technology is a huge winner of this. So it excel, it's accelerated the trend. Right. Also because it's accelerated the trend, it's accelerated government's response. Mm-hmm. So, so the amount of easing, the amount of debt creation, the amount of everything else, essentially making the balloon bigger mm-hmm. is so outrageous today that, that the governments, all governments are forced onto this path that's only going to get worse. So, they will, so you will see way more stimulus. You'll see, you'll see eventually uh, the Fed uh, kind of the treasury will bypass the Fed and you'll get helicopter money. Mm-hmm. So you, without, without that right now, you're going to get more deflation and it's going to accelerate and that deflation is going to accelerate and you're going to have this inequality that's building even faster than it's building uh, today. So at some point, you, you can expect rule changes, not just at the Fed, but globally at all the, where there's direct bypasses of the banking institutions where money goes directly to citizens, right? MMT. And at that point, you can expect hyperinflation where, where, you're, where your wheelbarrow is full of money. Now, it might take some time to do that, right? Because politicians cannot do it, right? So I, right. But if you're on a path to, at some point, the currencies are going to be totally destroyed. And then on the other side of that, you're going to have deflation, right? So, so if you think about where your bets are placed in that, it's... You, you have to diversify your portfolio because it's really ugly on this. So you, people are going to be completely wiped out. If, right. you have ca- if you have cash and you go through hyperinflation, you, your cash is worthless. Right. If, you, if, you have, um, if you have stocks um, or, or real estate and you go through de- deflation and you have loans against, uh, against that, you're going to get wiped out. So, so you got to be really careful on those sides of the, uh, those bets. But probably deflation... Change of change of fed fed rules and other government to bypass uh, to bypass that creation of inflation because they're forced on that path now. Inflation leading to hyperinflation, reset of the uh, reset of the game deflation. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that uh, it's very logical. I think I kind of see it the same way. Uh, and so if I'm paraphrasing, then basically um, it continues to get worse and worse and worse, the deflation, the Fed continues to do more and more and more, which finally overshoot their goal, which leads to the hyperinflation, which then so eventually... The Fed, the Fed can't create the inflation. They think right. they can. They can just signal the market. They can't, they can't because the Fed requires that the, the Fed money go to banking institutions. The banking institutions won't lend, right? So even though M1, all of the, the you created all this money, it's not actually in, in velocity M2. It's you know, people aren't spending it because it's not being lent out to, to, right. to, to, to society. It's going straight into asset price. So asset prices are going up, right? but it's not creating the inflation. So to create the inflation, there has to be a bypass of that, of that instrument to, to people who will then spend it, who, who will then, then create a hyperinflation. Yeah. 
Great. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up with that because um, I know we're out of time, but I appreciate that. Um, for everybody that wants to know more about this, of course, go read the book, The Price of Tomorrow. I will link to it in the show notes. Um, is there anywhere else they should follow the website or you're on Twitter? I know on, on Twitter, just at Jeff Booth. Okay. So I Jeff Booth. So I'm going to go ahead and link to that in the show notes as well. Um, it's an important conversation. I think everybody needs to be more aware of what's going on. Like we've talked about the lack of education is a big problem. So go educate yourself, get the book and uh, we'll wrap it up with that. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks Mark. That's great.